Some former Cardinals are up for Hall of Fame voting. One should get in, while another one is a bit more complicated. We'll discuss whether free agents Cody Bellinger or Joey Gallo would be good fits for the Cardinals. And a new veteran free agent name is circling with St. Louis as a possible landing spot. All on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals. Your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I am your host for Locked on Cardinals, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe and comment so you can interact with us. Hit the notification button so you know when new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. The 2023 MLB Hall of Fame ballot was announced on Monday, and there were a couple of familiar names on the list that used to sport the Cardinals uniform. But before we get into those names, I do want to say happy birthday to Stan the Man Musial. I know he's no longer with us, but today was his birthday. So Hall of Famers, Cardinals, Stan the Man, top of the list right there. So a happy birthday to Stan the Man. Uh, So the names that uh, are on the ballot this year. That have just been announced. You've got third baseman Scott Rowland, pitcher John Lackey, infielder Johnny Peralta, and outfielder Carlos Beltran. Now, Jason Stark did a piece for The Athletic today talking about the ballot and how it might be on the shoulders of Scott Rowland to get elected into the hall because if he doesn't, there might not be anybody elected this year. This is what Stark writes. With Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling all expunged from this ballot, Rowan is the top returning vote getter. He reeled in 63.2% of the 394 votes cast a year ago, leaving him only 47 votes short of becoming the first third baseman elected to the Hall since Chipper Jones in 2018. So what are the chances Rowan can find another 50 votes before the totals are announced in late January? Now, this will be Rowan's sixth year on the ballot. The chances of Rowan's potential induction into Cooperstown have steadily increased since he was first on the ballot and could come within the next year or two as he moves closer to the 75% of the vote that is required to be enshrined. For his career, Mr. Scott Rowland batted 281, 316 home runs, 2,077 hits. He was the Rookie of the Year in 1997 with Philadelphia, a Silver, a Silver Slugger Award winner in 2002, which was the same year that he got traded from Philly to the Redbirds. He made seven all-star teams, four consecutive as a Cardinal from 03 to 06. He won eight gold gloves, three of those with the Cardinals, and finished fourth in National League MVP voting in 2004 with St. Louis and won his only World Series championship with the Cardinals and in 2019 was elected into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Right-hander John Lackey and then Johnny Peralta, also former Cardinals, to debut on this year's ballot. Lackey finished his career as a three-time World Series winner in uh, 2002 with the Angels, Red Sox in 2013, and then the Cubs in 2016. He was traded to the Cardinals in 2014 in a deal that sent right-hander Joe Kelly and outfielder and first baseman Alan Craig to Boston. In 2015, Lackey went 13-10 and with a 2.77 ERA over 218 innings and finished ninth in the NL Cy Young voting with the Cardinals. We loved him as a Cardinal, but obviously he played a lot of years other places, so 
not like he's going to get in. You know, John Lackey's not getting in. Johnny Peralta played his final four MLB seasons for St. Louis from 14 to 17 and made an all-star appearance in 2015. Batted 267 for his career, hit 202 home runs, was an all-star twice for Detroit. He was steady with the Cardinals, and I remember when they first signed him, and I was like, ugh, because he just doesn't look like an athlete. All right, Johnny Peralta doesn't look like an athlete whatsoever. Yep, he got the job done for the Cardinals, and uh, he wasn't too bad. You know, they had some good teams while he was here. Uh, then there's Carlos Beltran. Rookie of the year winner with Kansas City, nine-time All-Star, including both years he was in St. Louis, which was 2012 and 2013. Over his 20-year career, he batted 279. He collected 2,725 hits, 435 home runs, stole 312 bases, and was notoriously absurd in the playoffs. Remember this? Like, he killed everybody. Didn't matter who he played for. 65 career playoff games. He hit 307, had 15 doubles, 16 home runs, 42 RBIs, and 45 runs scored. Again, in just 65 games, he did all of that damage. Uh, had a 412 on base percentage, 609 slugging. As a part of the 2013 National League pennant-winning Cardinals, he batted 268, but he drove in 15 RBIs. Posted an OPS of 852 in 17 playoff games that postseason. He was awesome. He won three gold gloves in his career, two silver sluggers, and was a part of the 2017 Houston team that won the World Series. And that's where the, the controversy comes into play here. Now, his numbers would suggest that he's a Hall of Fame-worthy type of guy. But then you've got that sign-stealing scandal with Houston that just kind of casts a shadow on his career. Remember, he was going to be a manager. I think it was of the Mets. And they had to say, all right, never mind. You you got busted for this, so tough. Sucks to be you. Uh, Beltron was said to be one of the ringleaders of that sign-stealing operation in Houston that year, and his involvement could cause him to lose votes via the so-called character clause, as they call it. So what do you think? I want to know your opinion. Should Carlos Beltron be a Hall of Famer? Let me know in the comment section down below on the YouTube video, and if you say no, does that mean someone like uh, Jose Altuve, who continues to build a Hall of Fame resume, will he be punished when he's done as well? Is this brand of cheating, the sign stealing, as bad as the PED guys like McGuire and Clemens and Sosa, Paul Merrow, the list goes on and on and on and on, which weren't exactly banned at the time, but frowned upon. And uh, when it came out that they used, none of them are in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds, not in the Hall of Fame. Greatest hitter I've ever seen, not in the Hall of Fame. Um, personally, I think he'll be punished for a while. And uh, eventually he will probably get in, but it'll still be interesting to see how the voters react to uh, to Carlos Beltran this year. I do hope that Roland gets to go in this year. One of the greatest third basemen I've ever seen play. Loves him with the Cardinals as part of the MV3 with Albert and, uh, and Jimmy. And it sucked. I was so, I was not happy when they had to trade him to Toronto. The uh, communication between he and La Russa had fallen apart and it was just done. So they had to ship him. For Troy Glouse, who had one good year with the Cardinals, and then he was done. Um, it sucks seeing him go to Toronto and then seeing him come back and play against the Cardinals when he went to the Cincinnati Reds and had a couple of good seasons there as well. But uh, Roland definitely deserving. And I would imagine he'll rock a, a Cardinals cap if and when he gets inducted. But uh, I hope it happens sooner rather than later for him. Up next, the Cardinals could use a left-handed power hitting back. And uh, or I should say bat, not back, but bat. And two names who were with the Dodgers last season are now on the market. Joey Gallo and Cody Bellinger. Are either of them a fit for the Cardinals next season? We'll discuss it next 
on Locked On Cardinals. BetOnline.net. You know I love me some BetOnline.net. They got all the stuff you need when it comes to betting. Sports betting info, stats, news, analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Tonight, it's Monday Night Football. They're in Mexico City tonight. 49ers and the Cardinals are battling. And uh, I know we've got plenty of Cardinal football fans still hanging out in St. Louis. I know I've got at least one buddy. My buddy Nate, who is a diehard Cardinals fan still for life, even when the Rams were in town, he stuck with the Cardinals. Had to give him credit for that. Going to be a tough battle tonight. Uh, you know, the 49ers are favored by 10 going into this one. CMC, Debo, Kittle, a lot of weapons for San Francisco and uh, pretty good defense. But it's a big battle in the NFC West. San Francisco 5-4, and four, Arizona 4-6. Four and six. Seahawks leading the division at 6-4. and four. Who saw that coming? The Rams in last place? Who saw that coming? Nobody. Crazy stuff going on in the NFL this year. But um, if you wanted to bet on a game like that tonight, you would have headed over to the website or use your mobile device to learn more. So if you missed tonight's game, sucks. But you can find other games. Plenty of college football still to go. College basketball in full swing. The NBA, you got the World Cup going on right now. Kind of sucked today that uh, USA ties Wales. They have a draw, 1-1. That, that was rough. But uh and to bet online, make a little money. It's where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. All right, so it was big news over the weekend when the Dodgers decided they are going to non-tender the 2019 NL MVP Cody Bellinger, making him a free agent. The Dodgers would have had to pay the former Rookie of the Year and MVP between 18 and $20 million is what people thought it was going to end up costing them. And even for LA, who seemingly has an unlimited payroll, that was too much. And this is a, a situation that kind of reminded me of a great quote in the movie Moneyball which is one of my favorite baseball movies because it's uh, more about behind the scenes stuff, which I always, which I always dig. And um, in the movie, Billy is talking to David justice uh, in the batting cage, walks up to him. They start discuss discussing how David thinks he's special because of his salary. And Billy points out that I'm not paying you $7 million. Uh, the Yankees are paying half your salary. That's what the Yankees think of you. They're paying you three and a half million dollars to play against them. And Billy points out that I'm not paying you for the player you used to be. I'm paying you for the player that you are right now. And the player that Cody Bellinger is right now is certainly not worth $18 million a year. Now the Dodgers president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman did say this about the non-tender situation. I wouldn't necessarily say that this is a closing of the chapter of Cody and the Dodgers. We still very much believe in the talent of Cody and his competitive makeup, and we have interest in a reunion. We'll continue talks with Cody and his group as he goes through this process on his end. His agent is Scott Boris, and we know how difficult Mr. Boris can be. Uh, Boris says that they've been offered multi-year deals already, but that he doesn't want that. So I can only assume because he doesn't want the multi-year deals, that he wants to have like a one-year prove-it type of deal. He's 27 years old. 
probably feels that if his client signs something after how he's been playing, that it won't be anywhere near what he could get if he has a bounce back year, you know? So if he does improve, he can sell his talents to the highest bidder and for a longer deal. So how bad has it gotten for Cody Bellinger? Well, the downward spiral, it all started when he dislocated his shoulder several times in 2020. Then he re-injured it. And I remember watching this live when he's celebrating his home running game seven of the NLCS. Goes up to bash forearms with uh, Kiki Hernandez. And, uh-oh, something happened. You could tell something wasn't right. And um, ended up having to go under the knife again. Underwent surgery that November and really hasn't been the same hitter since. Now, I'm going to steal this from uh, Brandon Kylie, better known as BK from 101 ESPN, who tweeted this out from his account, which you should follow. He's a good follow at BK Sports Talk. He put out player A, player A over the past two seasons, hit 182, 269 on base percentage, 352 slugging, 73 OPS plus. Player B over the past two seasons has hit 193, 256 on base percentage, 355 slugging percentage with a 64 OPS plus. He says both players made the all-star game in 2019, both dealt with injuries in 2020, both have fallen off since. Any guesses on who these two players are? So everybody starts throwing up names and uh, eventually they get the uh, answer. And the two players he was comparing here were similar numbers in batting average, on base percentage and slugging were Cody Bellinger and Paul DeYoung. That's right. Paul DeYoung was player A, Bellinger player B. Kind of an eye-opener there, right? That's how bad it's been. Because we know how bad Paul DeYoung's been. We've had to watch it. We haven't had to watch Cody Bellinger be that bad because he's out on the West Coast. You only see him a couple of times a year. That's pretty bad, right? Now, Bellinger's camp is saying that this is all due to lack of strength in his shoulder and that it's not because of a diminishing skill set. Well, how do we know if that shoulder's ever going to be right again? Maybe this is just who he is from here on out. Now, Joey Gallo was another big left-handed power hitter, 27 years old, just like Bellinger. And although he hasn't won an MVP or a Rookie of the Year award, he has been a two-time All-Star and a two-time Gold Glove Award winner. He was an All-Star in 2021 with the Rangers, where he hit 223 with 25 dingers and 55 RBIs before he got traded to the Yankees. And that's where things kind of went sour for him, um, which is weird because we see how left-handers hit at Yankee Stadium. You saw the resurgence of Matt Carpenter and how well he did at Yankee Stadium. That didn't work out that way for Gallo. After the trade, his average dips to 160. He hits 13 home runs but drives in just 22 in 188 at-bats. Then last season, Gallo hits 159, 12 home runs, 24 RBIs, and 233 at-bats before getting sent to the Dodgers where he doesn't really do much better. Hits 162, seven home runs, 23 RBIs, and 117 at-bats for a combined 160 average, 19 home runs, and 47 RBIs. And, of course, with those diminishing numbers, you've also got the strikeouts, which are going in the other direction, and they're going up. Gallo's strikeout percentage was 39.8% last year. So almost a 40% clip, which means, for those of you who don't like math, Every 10 at-bats, four of those times that he's up there, he's going to strike out. How about that? Uh, Bellinger's was 27.3%. Paul DeYoung struck out at a 33.3% clip, and then Nolan Gorman was at 329 And we all know how much we enjoyed watching 
DeYoung and Gorman flail away at the ball this past season. Imagine Gallo at the plate, striking out 39.8% of the time. Oh, my gosh. So I went to uh, Baseball Savant next, and then I'm like, okay, let's look at some other stuff, see what else we can find out. So I, I pulled up the numbers, all the nerdy stuff, and this is uh, you know more for the YouTube crowd than it is the podcast listeners. But here, check out how bad Bellinger and Gallo have been. All right, I'm going to pull up Bellinger first. There you go. Now at Baseball Savant, you can see what numbers are good and what numbers are bad. Okay, they're color-coded. Everything in the blue that you're seeing right there is bad. It's very bad. Considered poor, as they have it listed. And then if you got something in the white, that means you're average. And then if you get something in the pink or the red, that means you're doing good. So most of this stuff, he is really, really bad at, right? Like, all of this looks horrible. Let's go look at Joey Gallo, see what he's got. All right, he's got a little bit more red up there. Exit velocity. His uh, defensive stats are a little bit higher, it looks like. Um, walk percentage is up. Arm strength. But, I mean, you go look down here at some of this stuff, the whiff percentage. Look at that. Um, it's bad, right? You don't want anything like that. All right, so let's look at a couple Cardinals uh, who one of them had a very down year, and that's Dylan Carlson. So let's bring him up. So there's Dylan Carlson's. Defensive metrics look pretty darn good, but look at the hitting, you know, not great. Exit velocity down barrel percentage down. Doesn't strike out nearly as much as those guys do though. Is uh exit velocity right in the middle there, but not as bad as Bellinger or Gallo. And then here's Lars Newbar and everything. I mean, everything except for like three categories is above average or great all of it look at it look at all that red that's fantastic that's what you want to see so you see these numbers and you're just like what <laughs> like how are these guys so bad all of a sudden right carlson had the down year but you're not paying him the money that these other two guys will command a new bar blowing them all away with his metrics so do i see bellinger and gallo as fits for this team next year Hell no. Hell no. I don't see that. Again, think about who they are now and not what they were a couple of years ago. All right. Billy Bean style for Moneyball. Think about that. And I don't know what either one of them are going to make in 2023, but Gallo made 10.275 million last year. Bellinger made $17 million. Neither, at least in my opinion, deserves anywhere near that kind of money, but I'm sure that some team will. Think of it as like a lottery ticket. You know, you give them uh, $10 million for one year. And if they stink, it's over. We move on. But I just don't see the Cardinals doing that. I really, really don't see that happening. But there is a new name that has popped up as a, a possible fit for the team, though. I'll, I'll tell you who that is next year on Locked on Cardinals. Now, if you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up because right now, Locked On Cardinals listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss out because the holiday season is here, and we know that burglaries and package thefts, they all go up. So 
Time to take care of you and your family. Simply Safe named the best home security system of 2022 by U.S. News and World Report for a third year in a row. Simply Safe is whole home security, advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and out, smarter ways to detect motion and alert you when a threat is real. They've got hazard sensors, so when it comes to fires and floods and other threats to your home, you'll get notified about that too. Uh, it only costs less than a buck a day. It's not expensive. Less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. And the top-rated Simply Safe app comes along with it, and you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere. You can arm, you can disarm, unlock for a guest, access your cameras, adjust system settings. You can do that all from the Simply Safe app. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that we recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system. At simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. It's the biggest discount of the year. Don't wait. Simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Mark Feinsand at uh, MLB.com is at it again. And this is part of the, the fun of the offseason when you kind of, you know, you know how you make a Christmas list every year? Well, that's basically what all of these writers are doing these days is just making lists of guys that eh, maybe that'll be a nice fit for this particular club. So he decided to have some fun, did a little write up on what he did was give one free agent for every team. Okay. And he couldn't do multiple teams for that particular person. He could only put like, say uh Trey Turner on one team decided to send him to Philadelphia. Okay. So he did not give the Cardinals any, of the guys that we've been discussing on this podcast, no shortstops, no catchers, no pitchers, no outfielders, but he dropped a name instead that I totally forgot was even in the league. To be honest with you, caught me off guard when I read it. And that was the name of Carlos Santana, not the guitarist, but the first baseman DH who spent time in his career with Cleveland, Philadelphia, the Royals. And last year uh, was Royals and Mariners. Now, here's what he writes about Mr. Santana. Albert Pujols' retirement created a need for a right-handed DH bat, so why not bring in a switch-hitting veteran who can lend more depth to the bench? Santana still has strong on-base skills, a 376 OBP in 2022, and solid power, 19 home runs in each of his past two seasons. And with five postseason appearances on his resume, the 36-year-old can help replace some of the experience that Pujols and Yadier Molina took into retirement. Ah! I- <laughs> I mean, the switch hitting aspect will always intrigue me. Like, I love that. I wish Dylan Carlson was better at doing it. <laughs> you know, he can't seem to hit from the left hand, left side of the plate, but I like when you can have a switch hitter. That way you don't have to make adjustments in a game and you can, you know, they just flip. Tommy Edmond, another one, does very, very well hitting from both sides. Um, so Santana, just a couple of years ago, 2019, he hits 281, 34 bombs and 93 RBIs. 206 of his career, 278 home runs have been hit off of right-handers. 16 of his 19 last year, off of right-handers, which is where the team is hoping to improve. That was kind of their their issue. They couldn't hit righties, which sucks because there's a lot of right-handed pitchers out there. Um, Now, he did only hit 178 against them, 289 OBP, 366 slugging. You don't like those numbers. Is it who I want? No. I think the combo of... Juan Yepes and Nolan Gorman can give you that production already. I don't think you have to pay for somebody else. But it was a new name that was brought up, and I thought I'd share it with you because I hadn't heard that one yet. 
Now, if you're going to spend money on a DH, I, I say, why screw around? You know, why, why not just go get someone like a J.D. Martinez, who's been an all-star the last couple of years, hits lefties and righties well, can't really play anywhere else. You might be able to squeeze a couple games in the outfield out of him, but not very many. Uh, he didn't play any outfield last year at all. All he did was DH. So uh, there's no real flexibility there, which I think is something that the Cardinals would would want with whoever they get to play DH, which is why Yepes and Gorman makes a lot of sense. You got Yepes who can play both corner outfield. He can play a little third, some first base. And then you got Gorman who can play second and third. You know, I mean, you've got flexibility there. Um, same thing goes for someone like a Michael Brantley, whose name has been brought up before by a lot of listeners. Um, hits righties well, good left-handed stick, had shoulder surgery. The injuries bother me a little bit about Michael Brantley. I'm concerned there. Um because, I mean, he's mid-30s as well. Didn't play much last year because of his shoulder. But when healthy, you know, good stick from the left-handed side. It's just uh, he can't do anything else, really. Can't really play any other positions for you. But, I don't know. That's kind of the latest. No uh, no earth-shattering news so far today. But you never know. Things might shake up here real, real soon after uh, after Thanksgiving. Who knows? Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans of baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time. 